Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories. And we tell stories about everything here on this show, and we love your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. And today we have Ben Berman's story. He's a second-year MBA student at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. When the COVID pandemic swept this country, he got an idea to start making pizza and drop them out of his apartment window. This led to his nonprofit called Good Pizza that has raised over $30,000. Ben grew up in Portland, Maine with his parents and two younger brothers. Starting from a young age, Ben was getting involved in his community here is Ben's story. When I was in middle school, I was on a school board subcommittee for uh, wellness in the town. And one of the jobs that we were tasked with was renovating the cafeteria. And so I actually spent the freshman year of high school touring local cafeterias to try to understand how we could improve our operations and food service. And as part of that program, the administration let me earmark $2,500 for a program that I had come up with called the Chef of the Month program. And my idea was that we would ask local chefs to take over our cafeteria for the day once a month, and they would serve their food at school lunch prices. And it worked. So we would have, you know, a nice hotel from Portland come in and the chef would do paella for the whole school and serve it for $2.75. There was a local pasta company that came in every year to do the service. And the owner came in one day and his manager called out and he asked me 
if I knew how to cook and if I could help him on the line. And I grew up cooking with my mom and really enjoyed that. So I sort of felt confident enough to jump on the line with him and just serve pasta for the day. And at the end, he said, that was really great. If you need a job this summer, you should call me. And that ended up being my first summer job was restocking the shelves and then grilling pita and then making meals in this little pasta prepared goods shop in South Portland, Maine. I went to college in Boston. I went to Tufts University and found myself fairly heavily involved in nonprofit work. So there were a whole bunch of opportunities that I had started to get involved with to sort of give back to the community. At the same time, I was starting my first company. But when I was 18, I opened a food truck company with one of my best friends from home called Mainly Burgers. And we grew that company together for three years and grew it to three trucks and 16 employees. And it was a really great experience to start to understand how a business operates and how it grows. It was getting me back in the kitchen. And I really loved the opportunity, but when I was coming towards the end of my college experience, I didn't feel like I was ready to make that my full-time career. And so I took a more traditional route and went into management consulting for a few years after school. That job landed me at business school. And when the pandemic started, I had been cooking more and I started to make pizza. And then I started dropping them out my window. And then I started asking people to donate. And now I guess I run a little pizza nonprofit out of my second story, Center City, Philadelphia apartment. And we've raised $32,000 so far and donated it all to hunger relief and homelessness in the city of Philadelphia. I grew up with this amazing supportive family and didn't have to worry about so many things that other people had to worry about. And it, it felt natural to use that platform to give back. I think one of the other things that motivated me was, so I think about it in two parts. The first is when I started making pizza, and the second is when it becomes this thing where it's raising money and it's dropped out a window, etc. On the pizza front, before school, when I was working as a consultant, I was traveling a ton. I was doing usually about 140 nights in a hotel per year. One of the things I missed when I was traveling that much was cooking for myself and for friends. As I said, I grew up cooking with my mom and that was a really important experience for me generally. Just recognizing the impact of having people around a table and cooking for people as a display of love in some way. And I wanted to do more of that. And then I had this more traditional kitchen experience from my first job, from the food trucks. And I really just enjoyed cooking. It's something that relaxes me. It's something that I look forward to. And coming to school and not having to travel all the time, I was looking forward to getting back into that. So I do remember when I first made pizza in my apartment, because I had been researching it for a little while and I had taken a leap and bought some equipment. It was just a food that I liked and it's a fun analytical exercise to some degree as well because there are all these different variables with pizza that you can play with and I was excited about that. There's the hydration level in the dough which is how much water you're using and there's the fermentation time which is how long you're letting it go and what temperature you're cooking at and what you're cooking it on and the combination of sauce and cheese and all these things, all these variables that were interesting to me. So I remember making that for the first time and being totally infatuated by the dough rising and then trying to figure out how to make it into actual dough balls that we can spread into pizza and researching how I wanted to do the sauce and going deep on message boards about my favorite pizza places around the country and people trying to recreate their favorite pizzas. And it was just a fun experience for me. So that's part one is I had started making pizza in the summer of 2019 as a way to cook more, as this fun project to work on, and this fun thing that I wanted to solve for this food that I liked. And that was sort of it. Stage two of the story is when the pandemic started. And the honest reason for Good Pizza at the beginning was I had made dough for my friends. I, you know, over the year had gotten more comfortable and I was enjoying having pizza parties and sharing that. And that week in March where the pandemic sort of hit and we didn't know what it was quite yet, but we knew that it was a bad idea to have friends over for a dinner party. I had 15 pizzas in my refrigerator that I was planning to make for friends. Instead of having them over, I bought 40 feet of string on Amazon and told them that if they 
came by my apartment around dinner time, I would lower them pizza outside my window. And it was nothing at the time other than a chance for me to make my friends smile, give them something to laugh about. It just seemed so absurd that I would be lowering this pizza out of my apartment window. And you've been listening to Ben Berman's story. When we come back, Ben Berman's story continues here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And we return to Our American Stories and to the story of Ben Berman. He's a second-year grad student in Philadelphia. When the COVID pandemic started, Ben created a nonprofit called Good Pizza that's raised over $30,000. Ben makes pizza in his home oven and lowers them down from his second-story apartment window. He asks for a non-required donation, and his pizzas are completely free. We return to Ben for the rest of the story. So it was never a thought of this becoming anything. It was just this fun thing that you do to make your friends laugh and create some memory. And there was no plan beyond that. But as I did it over the summer, I started to recognize that there may be a platform here that could grow a little bit. I had started to try to figure out where I wanted to direct my own giving for the year, which is something that I try to do every year. And my girlfriend very smartly pointed out that I was spending a lot of money on pizza ingredients and perhaps this would be an avenue to direct my giving instead, which is obviously a fantastic idea. And so, you know, midway over the summer, my thinking was, well, instead of giving a few hundred dollars to an organization that I care about, what if I spent that money on pizza ingredients instead, asked people for donations and maybe turn that $200 into $600 or whatever that multiple looks like. And there weren't a lot of zeros attached to it. It was just uh, me thinking, well, maybe I can both make people smile and raise a few extra dollars for these organizations. And wouldn't that be a cool way to spend this time where I have to be home anyway? Slowly, people started to hear about it. Friends tell friends, and someone walks down the street and sees this pizza being lowered out of a second-story apartment. And I had started an Instagram less for the actual business opportunity and more because I wanted a place to document my pizza, but was too embarrassed to post it on my personal Instagram. The big break was when Barstool Sports came in November. So they have a very popular pizza review series And I had tagged them in a post, mostly as a joke with friends, saying, how funny would it be if, you know, they try all the best pizza places in the world and then they came to my apartment. And they ended up reaching out and said, hey, are you open on Saturday? And I didn't really know what to say since it's just my apartment. I'm never really open, nor am I ever really closed. So I said, sure, I'm definitely open on Saturday and I would love to have you come by. And they did. So I made them pizza and the review went online the next week. And I think it came out well, but that was sort of the first chance for, you know, widespread visibility into what I was working on. And very quickly, literally overnight, it went from a few hundred followers to 10,000 followers. And all this money started to come in from people that just wanted to support what we were doing. And it just has sort of been a whirlwind. That's been a total blast and definitely never something that I expected. I think the most I've ever made is 25, but a normal pizza drop is 20 pizzas, which I still think is quite a bit for a home oven. I can only make two at a time because I'm literally cooking in my home electric oven. So I make two pizzas every 15 minutes. So the way it works is I do weekly, usually on Sunday night pizza drops with 20 pizzas. 
As the following has grown over the last few months, I've moved to a lottery system for people to get a pizza. So pizza's always, always free. There's absolutely no necessity to donate in order to get a pizza. You do not have to donate to enter the lottery. The pizza is just to make people smile and hopefully people like what we're doing and feel inclined to donate either to us or directly to the organizations. I give every single penny that comes in a way. So all the money that goes into the pizza ingredients, the sauce, the cheese, the dough, all of that, that money comes out of my own pocket. And then we donate 100% of the proceeds that people donate. I open up a lottery by posting on my Instagram two days before the pizza drop. So usually on Friday afternoon, if I'm baking that weekend, you can find a link to a lottery on Instagram. And then 24 hours later, after the lottery opens, I close the lottery. We randomly select 20 people using Microsoft Excel, and I email those 20 people a form to select their pickup time. And they get to come by the next night to actually get their pizza. So it's sort of this whole three-day process for me for every pizza drop where on the first day I make dough, on the second day the lottery opens and I start to make sauce. Then the third day you get all your ingredients together and then actually on the fourth day you actually make the pizza. I have to fold all the pizza boxes. I write little notes to everyone on all the pizza boxes. So it ends up being this sort of lengthy four-day process, but it allows me to make a actual product, the pizza that I'm really proud of. I think the dough that I make is good. I think the sauce that I make is good, etc. And it is the spacing out so that people can have a chance to enter the lottery and select a pickup time and all the backend logistics that go into it. And this has been an unexpected but really fulfilling way to spend my free time. There are definitely days where I am tired and don't want to make pizza dough and don't want to fold pizza boxes and wish that I did not have Instagram followers that were expecting pizza. Uh, you know, I, I there are days where I wish I didn't have to post on Instagram because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm trying to figure out all of that. But I feel like we're working on a good thing. I feel like I'm making some at least small impact and the support that people have lent the smiles that I think I've been able to bring to people who have tried the pizza or even just seen what I'm working on on Instagram or in different press clippings. And most importantly, the dollars that I've been able to donate to organizations that I really do think are making an impact in people's lives. I don't really think I'm making an impact directly in people's lives. I think pizza is delicious. I don't think I'm changing the world. I do think that the organizations that I'm able to support are making a massive, massive impact in people's lives. And so if I can play a small role by carving out some time to make pizza dough in order to support that, that's a no brainer for me that I'm gonna continue doing as long as people are willing to support it. The One of the things that I have been most excited by throughout this whole process has been the support from the community. I did not expect there to be so much support from everyday people who saw this online and wanted to support from local restaurants who have reached out to offer me kitchen space to make more pizza, from folks around the world who have donated to us and said, I'm not ever going to be able to try your pizza, but I love what you're doing and want to support you. Here's $25. That's incredible to me. There also have been fun opportunities to engage with larger brands that for me have been crazy and fun. So I mentioned Barstool Sports, who was here to do a pizza review, and that gave a lot of gave us a lot of Instagram followers and a big platform to raise money on. The Philadelphia 76ers came over. So Matisse Thibel and Tobias Harris from the 76ers came to my apartment and tried pizza and donated $5,000 of their own money to the organizations that we're supporting. Yeah, there have been big brands, but what I've been most energized by is just the everyday people who want to support in some way and who are commenting on Instagrams to say it's wonderful and it made their day and they can't wait to come try a pizza. And I've told people that, you know, when I get asked about long-term plans, the plan is just to keep making pizza until I make it for everyone who wants one. I, I talked about the lottery system for the last few months for the 20 pizzas that I give away weekly, I usually have over 900 people that sign up for the lottery. So. I'm gonna just keep making pizza until all of those people get one. 
this good pizza project is something that I'm proud of because it was in many ways an accident. It was a chance for me to take a hobby that I enjoyed and give back to the community a little bit. And at this point, it feels less like something that I created and more like something that the people around me who have supported it created. And I just get to be the vehicle to continue to create those smiles and raise those dollars. And a special thanks to Faith for her work on that piece. And also a special thanks to Ben Berman for his story and, by the way, for what he's doing. And it just shows, well, it shows the good heart and the soul of this country. You can visit Ben's Instagram account at goodpizzaphl. That's goodpizzaphl. Ben Berman's Philadelphia pizza story here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. And we continue with our American stories. Our next story is brought to us by the youngest person ever to be featured on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine. Let's take a listen. My name is Alina Morse. I'm 16 years old and I am the CEO and founder of Zali Candy. Zali Candy is all natural sugar-free candy that cleans your teeth. But my entrepreneurial journey didn't start at seven years old with Zali Candy. I had been coming up with inventions and crazy outlandish ideas for products since I was about three years old. Around that age, two, three years old, my dad read me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It was such an interesting experience because as much of the book that I didn't understand, the thing that stuck with me was you can help people through business. So I I began writing all of my inventions and compiling them into what I called my idea binder and drawn what I had called a business plan, but was really more of just a picture with some labels. And as I grew up, I, I grew up with this binder. I would say some of the most prominent inventions from that that time were definitely robot daddies. The name is pretty self-explanatory. It's a robot that can go to work as your dad. And at this time, you know, my dad, he was a CPA, so he was going on tons of business trips and I really missed having my dad around. And I wanted him to stay home and, you know, we could hang out. And just among among those There was lots of odds and ends of fun games or a new sport. As much as they weren't cohesive ideas, they did keep me occupied, coming up with with fun new business plans and pitching them to my parents. So really from that book, I learned that I could help my mom, I could help my dad, I could help my younger sister even, by coming up with an invention to make their lives a little bit easier on the day-to-day basis. But as I grew up, you know, four, five, six, and then all the way up until seven years old, I had added to this binder. It wasn't until one just odd day, I went to the bank with my dad and the bank teller offered me a lollipop. And it was just the typical action, but my dad always told me, he gave me the same speech he gave me uh, every time we went to the bank. Candy's bad for your teeth. You'll get cavities. <laughs> um, he goes, it's up to you, Alina. But you know, if I were you, I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd make a, a smart choice. You know, after pondering it for a moment, I decided, you know, hey, I'll let him win. I won't take the lollipop. But as we were walking back to the car, I asked him, you know, hey, if I can't have candy, and if I can't have something that's bad for me, why can't I create something? that's good for me, that you can't say no to. And this idea really stuck with me. I began writing a a more extensive business plan than I ever had before in in my idea binder. And I decided, you know, with a little bit of a push in the right direction to, to go do some research and just on Google, on YouTube. And so I started watching just videos on YouTube of how they created candy on a mass scale. And it made me question, you know, where other products came from. And it really got me interested in kind of the, the consumer packaged good industry as a whole and just how things were made and all the behind the scenes steps that went into creating not just candy, but but everything that we see in the grocery store. It doesn't just magically happen. You know, it has to come from somewhere. And I started researching more about the ingredient lists and what actually makes candy bad for you. What causes cavities? Tooth decay is actually the single greatest epidemic facing kids in America today. Um, And that's according to the U.S. Surgeon General. And so that really prompted me to 
explore the idea of creating something that's not only good for me in a sense where there's no sugar, but something that's actually good for your teeth, something that could help combat this epidemic. And then the pieces just kind of clicked. Reading that book at three years old, or having it read to me for that matter, and coming up with this idea and connecting the pieces of a great idea and helping people and having a cause, a mission. And so when those pieces clicked into place, I knew that this was my time. This was the time to create um, and you know put in the time, put in the energy, put in the work and get people excited about this idea, get people passionate about Zali Candy or what was to be Zali Candy. So it was definitely um, a turning point for me, getting my parents involved, saying, hey, will you support me? Will you support this mission? And doing kind of the first of many big business pitches to my parents to have them help support me through this journey. And then we started looking at different manufacturing facilities or what we call plants. We began taking tours of these manufacturing facilities around the country uh, to see, you know, who could really make a sugar-free candy that cleans your teeth? And one of my first manufacturing facility tours, we got to the end and my dad said, hey, Alina, so, so what do you think? This is pretty cool. And I was thinking, yeah, dad, this, this is great, but um, where's the plant? He's like, what do you mean, Alina? Look around, this is the plant. No, dad, you don't understand. The plant, the potted plant. I mean, I'm looking all around, all I see is, People, machinery, candy, I don't see any plants. I think in that moment he, he reminded himself, as mature, as smart as my daughter could be, she's still a kid. It took about two years of taste tests and trials. And during that time, our only taste testers really were my friends and I. And I always like to say, you know, my friend didn't sugarcoat it. If something sucked, they were gonna tell me that it sucked. And eventually we came up with, you know, six great tasting flavors of lollipops. And what we found through our NIH funded studies is that erythritol on its own, which is an all natural plant based sweetener from the US, it actually raises the pH in your mouth and it neutralizes the acid. So it takes away the bacteria that causes cavities and tooth decay. And that bacteria is fed by acid. And acid is really in every food that we eat, even bottled water has acid in it. And that's why we call it the after you eat treat because you can still enjoy your chocolate cake and your orange juice, but if you have a Zollipop after, it helps remineralize your tooth enamel. Once we started finalizing the process of, of Zolly candy, we started having the conversations around our house about what we're gonna do now. <laughs> uh, I have been a dancer since the age of three. I'm also a tennis player. So I've always had a busy schedule, even without Zolly Candy. So really we began having those conversations about how we would run the business on a day-to-day -day basis. We are a family owned company and we really made the decision and my parents took that leap with me, you know, especially my dad quitting his job to work full time at Zolly as the business manager. A day-to-day -day really looked like me going to school and then going back to our office and working with my dad and the team to help grow and develop Zolly. And you've been listening to Zolly Candy's CEO, Alina Morse, and I happen to be holding an orange Zolly lollipop in my hand as we speak. And what a story it is. Her dad read her the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad when she was two or three. Way to go, Dad. By the way, what a great book to read, any kid. Because it's not about wealth the way you're thinking about it. When you read the book, wealth is freedom, and wealth could be, well, spiritual wealth, all kinds of wealth. But it also is money, and what business does, and that you can help people through business. And that's the thing about capitalism, folks. Free enterprise and businesses serve. Your local restaurant serves, a car dealer serves, so on and so forth. When we come back, more with this remarkable young voice. It sounds really like a complete grown-up. I'm talking about Alina Morse, CEO of Zolly Candy, here on Our American Stories. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. And we continue with Our American Stories and the story of Zolly Candy CEO, Alina Morris. And right now I happen to be holding in my hand a Zolly Taffy. When we last left off, she had been searching for a candy, a sugar-free one that was good for teeth. Let's pick up where we last left off. So all throughout my schooling, I've, I've always had very supportive teachers who have understood that I'm not leaving school to go on vacation. I'm leaving school to, to learn. I feel like, in my opinion at least, that real-world experience is even worth more than algebra. 
the first retailer we actually got into was Whole Foods Markets. So we luckily got a meeting and we were able to drive down to Southern California. And I was so nervous. I had been practicing all week for the big pitch. And when I walked in the door, I remember the look on the buyer's face was just kind of puzzled of why is a kid here? And the buyer was very patient with me. I know that that uh, they could tell I was nervous, but also excited. And they gave me some great advice. And they said, okay, well, we'll let you know in a couple months if you get in. And one day we just got an email that we had gotten in and that was our first PO. And so it was our first big sale and it was really exciting realizing and, and getting to celebrate all of our hard work coming to a head. And, you know, it was the first of many of many yeses that we've gotten from buyers. But, you know, there's also been a lot of no's, but you got to take the good with the bad with business. And so it wasn't until late 2019 that we actually got into every Whole Foods around the country, which was very, very exciting. And it was a very full circle moment. And we recently actually went back and visited one of the first Whole Foods that we had ever gotten into when we just happened to be in California. And we'd gone in and there was a whole wall end cap filled with Zolly candy. Just seeing things like that make it all the more real to us rather than just seeing numbers on a piece of paper or, you know, how many units per store per week or volume or margins, you know, seeing people with Zolly candy in their shopping carts. <laughs> it was very exciting. We really have been fortunate to receive a lot of earned media and a lot of great opportunities being a small family-owned company from Michigan. But like any business, we've faced tremendous setbacks. Luckily enough, though, one of our major setbacks happened very early on. So after we got into Whole Foods, our second big account was Amazon.com. And... You know, if you know anything about Amazon, you gotta ship worldwide, nationwide, and you have to do it in a very timely manner. And so once we launched on Amazon.com, people were super excited about Zali and began purchasing it very quickly. Unfortunately, when it was delivered to their homes, specifically in more hot, deserty, dry climates, all the bags of lollipops were melted. And we learned later on that this had to do with the way that the candy was being made, the temperature in which the candy was being made. But at first, we were devastated to see our, our Amazon ratings drop in a matter of days. And we went from five stars to like two stars because everyone was receiving melted candy. And so it ended up being that the pops would become hydroscopic, which means that they would suck up the moisture from the air. And we realized at that moment that this is why people had never succeeded in making sugar-free candy that's good for your teeth. Because sugar-free candy tends to be hydroscopic and nobody could figure out, or you know, maybe they had given up too soon to figure out that you had to create the candy in a very specific condition in order to maintain its integrity. Once we figured that out, we could begin to start either creating it in a higher temperature or a lower temperature. And eventually we actually did figure it out. And then we began the process of <laughs> apologizing and sending out fresh batches of Zali to everyone who had ordered. And over time, we did begin to regain some of our ratings but for a long time even though we had fixed the candy our ratings were were really low and i don't know about you but whenever i'm purchasing something specifically on amazon i check the ratings first you know it's important to see what other users are thinking about the product before i order and so it was it was a very important learning experience eventually we came out with a really fantastic product that was stronger than ever. And even though phones and electronics can't get shipped in vessels to China, Korea in the heat of summer, Zolly Candy can. 
It's basically bulletproof. You cannot melt this candy. So, you know, we're better off for it, for sure. But yeah, it was, it was definitely a tricky roadblock. So in our five years of selling, we have grown tremendously. We have a 300% growth rate year over year. And we really have found a niche community of people whether you're diabetic, whether you have food allergies, whether you know, you're know you on a keto diet, those are the people that, that we've been able to impact with our product. And we also you know, started a nonprofit alongside Zali Candy where we give free Zali Candy to schools across America to teach kids about the importance of oral healthcare and entrepreneurship. And it's called the Million Smiles Initiative. So teachers, principals can sign up on our website, zollycandy.com to get free Zali Candy for their entire school which is, you know, just another way that, that I've tried to, to carry through with our initial mission of keeping kids smiling and helping reduce childhood tooth decay. To date, we're in about 2,400 retailers in the U.S. We're in CVS, Rite Aid, Whole Foods Markets, Amazon.com. We recently got into Costco in Southern California, Nevada, New Mexico, Colorado. We're also available on walmart.com, target.com, and and Kroger's. And, you know, we've continued to grow our presence internationally as well in China, Korea, France, the Philippines, Morocco. So in about 12 other countries, including the U.S., we have been able to share Zali candy across the world. And we still are looking for new ways to expand and new ways to grow. But one of those ways has been through expanding our product line. So we don't just have Zali Pops anymore. We have Zaffy Taffy, which is the clean teeth taffy. We have Zali Caramels. We have Zali Drops. We have Zali Peanut Butter Cups, which were a newer invention that we're so, so excited about. And I snack on them all day long. They're delicious. But all of our products still have the same great teeth cleaning and allergen friendly, other than the peanut butter cups. Those have peanut butter, obviously. <laughs> but um, we are still a very transparent and clean company in terms of ingredients and the teeth cleaning aspect, as well as being allergen friendly and diabetic friendly and keto. So all of those amazing products, uh, you can check them out on our website, zollycandy.com or shop them at zollycandy.myshopify.com. And if you're interested in, in learning more about my story, you can check me out at Alina Star Morse on Instagram or at zollycandy on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And so we, we want to continue to grow Zali and increase distribution nationally and internationally, as well as, you know, continue to be a beacon for other young girls and kids who are interested in business and, and share with them that, you know, entrepreneurship is a real career and a real opportunity. And you don't have to have a lot of money and you don't have to have a lot of business experience, certainly not a degree to start your very own company and become an entrepreneur. So we want to continue to share that message, especially through our nonprofit. But as for me, you know, college is coming up soon and, and those decisions are really key. But I think, you know, wherever I choose to go, I'd like to study business and, you know, hopefully get to dance or play tennis or, you know, still enjoy the things that I, I've loved growing up and look for other opportunities to help people look for other niche communities that you know could benefit from a functional product and whether it's zali or whether it's something else that i create down the line helping people is really the most important thing to me and a great job as always by greg hengler and a special thanks to zali candy ceo alina morris and we love telling stories about entrepreneurship and small business owners and my goodness what she said is so powerful real world experience is better than algebra. And she's thinking about college right now, but she's right. Entrepreneurship is a real career. You don't need money. You certainly don't need a degree. And she is living proof. Her first orders, Whole Foods and Amazon. And then she experiences the setback. Every entrepreneur does it, the screw up. Do they bounce back? Do they fight back and learn from it? And she did, which makes her an entrepreneur. 
the story of Teen Candy Queen CEO Alina Morris here on Our American Stories. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.